Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of The Adventures of Maisie called Department Store Clerk. It first aired November 24th, 1949. Babe, say, how about... Ow! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. You all remember Metro-Golden-Mayer's famous Maisie picture. Now, in just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. But first, your announcer. Southern as Maisie. Yes, I'm Maisie, like the man said. Maisie Revere, a hard-working girl whose hardest work is finding work. But luckily, I landed a job last week. Sales girl in one of the town's swankiest department stores. I've only been working at the store for seven days. And so far, I've had a perfect record. I've been late coming to work every day. Oh, well, I'm sure I'll be able to get there on time as soon as I get enough money to take my alarm clock out of half. Oh, boy, it's 9.10 now, and I'd better hurry that floor walker. Mr. Drinkwater has an eye like an eagle. Out of my way, everybody, out of my way. Oh, 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 oh I'm terribly oh. sorry. Well, heavens to Betsy. Don't just stand there and deep, you silly youth. Oh, help me up. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Drinkwater. There. Oh, oh. oh what's the matter, Mr. Drinkwater? Did you break a leg or an arm? Oh, more horrible than that. My carnation. It's in shreds. Oh, and without one in your buttonhole, you're practically a civilian, aren't you? Miss <laughs> Revere. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Mr. Drinkwater. Buy yourself another carnation and take it out of my salary. Your salary? Oh, there ain't that much left in it? Uh, hardly, Miss Revere. Mm. In the short period of time you've been with our organization, you have been a regular butter singer. Oh. Every department to which you've been transferred, you've managed to break something. It won't happen again, Mr. Drinkwater. It had better not, Miss Revere. But we can't afford to fire you because you're so much in our debt. And we can't take the chance of putting you in another department where you can cause further breakage. I really got the company over a barrel, ain't I? (laughs) And I hate to burst your beautiful Uh, bubble, Your Majesty. But unfortunately, we have conjured up a way to avail ourselves of your services. Mm -hmm. Will you please step into my office? Uh Uh-huh, if I have to. All right. What's the catch? The catch. When you're bitten by a dog, you don't feed him liver, Mr. Drinkwater. I understand, Miss Revere. But you may banish your fears. You see, the reason I have chosen you for this special job mm-hmm. is because, well, uh, the requirements are rather unusual. How unusual? Well, you see, you have exactly the right figure. The mm-hmm. perfect, uh, um, oh, everything. 
Well, I'm absolutely certain you do. Do what, Mr. Drinkwater? Well, I mean, uh, your figure and your coloring. They're practically an exact duplicate of Miss Trent. Is that good? Yes, Peter Drake Honeycutt the third seems to think so. Oh, you mean Peter Drake Honeycutt, the rich society playboy that's always giving mink and limousines to chorus girls? Uh, yes. yes. Uh-huh. You see, Miss Revere, Mr. Honeycutt is marrying Miss Amanda Trent next week. Well, imagine that. Yes, she's a society girl from Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and we have been commissioned by the bride-to-be to create her complete wedding ensemble. Well, how nice. Now, Miss Trent yes. happens to be a very busy young lady and insists that each flounce and ruffle of her wedding gown fits just perfectly. So you want to use my torso for her trousseau, huh? I abhor your organic way of putting it, Miss Revere, but that's it exactly. You report it once to our Miss Fogel, head seamstress in our bride beautiful salon. <laughs> okay, Mr. Drinkwater, and thanks. Uh, don't mention it. <laughs> I've always wanted to wear a wedding gown, but I guess this is as close as I'll ever get to it. Sorry, Maisie. Did I stick you again? Yes, Miss Bogle. Shall we try our darns from now on to get this fitting finished with just every other pin in my epidermis? Oh, I can't help it, Maisie. I'm so nervous. Oh. Miss Trent's wedding is just a week off, and this wedding on has to be just perfect. She has a terrible temper. If every stitch isn't just right, she'll raise the roof, and I'll be fired, and I've got an old mother to support. Jobs aren't easy to get. Ah, oh, forget it, kid. I know how much this means to you, and the pins don't really bother me. Some of them are stuck in very deep, you know. Oh, there you are, Maisie. Finish. <laughs> now, turn around slowly. All right. Oh, Maisie. You know, you'd make a beautiful bride. Really? You know, I'm thinking of getting married. You are, Maisie? When? Constantly. Oh. There. That's better. Now, walk like you're coming down the church aisle. Sure. You know, when I was on the stage... I had rich millionaires like Peter Drake, Honeycutt, Dooley about me, too. But I kept saying to myself, Maisie, you don't want to marry for money. You want to marry for love. Uh-huh. And if you say that to yourself long enough, after a while, you get to believe it. Yeah. Hmm. I guess you do. Now, turn around and come towards me, Maisie, please. Sure. Then I'd say to myself, maybe rich people are as nice as poor people. After all, what are rich people? Just poor people with money. You know, I've met some nice rich people. They're not all like that, Miss Trent. Mm. Maisie, don't you think that neckline is a little too uh, scaring? Oh, not to me, honey. But after all, I'm not Amanda Trent. Well, you could have fooled me, Maisie. When you came in for the fittings this morning, I almost called you Miss Trent. You mean I look like that? Enough to be a twin. Oh. Wait, I'll show you. There's a picture of Miss Trent in the society column of today's paper. Oh, here she is, Maisie. Gosh, she sure looks like you. Yeah, let me see. Hmm? Ah. Well, she certainly should look like me. That is Daisy Revere. You mean your sister? I mean, in Vaudeville, I had a song, dance, and witty patter act called the Revere Sisters. The original Daisy got married, so I teamed up with this Chili Flora. Chili Flora? Yeah. That was this Daisy's name before she became Daisy Revere, before she became Amanda Trenton, before she became a society girl from Los Angeles. Now she's going to be Mrs. Peter Drake Honeycutt. Gee, she's sure been called a lot of names. Yeah. And if I know Daisy, she deserves every name she's been called. You don't like her, then? Like I like snakes, honey. That two-time and ten-eared soprano ran out in the act in Toledo and took my entire wardrobe with her. Gosh, that sure was a pretty dress. 
Are we decent girls? Some of us are. Some of us ain't. Oh, I just cannot wait to feast my eyes. <gasps> oh, it's poetry, Miss Fogel. It's sheer, sheer poetry. Oh, thank you, Mr. Drinkwater. Well, Miss Fogel did it all by herself, Mr. Drinkwater. Don't you think she deserves a raise? A raise? You don't think. Yeah, Miss Drake is waiting in the lounge to see her wedding gown, Miss Revere. And I'm just certain her eyes will burst out of her head when she sees you. You ain't just beating your chops, mister. What was that, Mrs. Uh, she said she couldn't beat this down if she went to other shops. Uh, no, I didn't. I was oh, just going to tell her. Mr. Drinkwater, have you noticed the striking resemblance between Miss Revere and Miss Trent? Hey, well, yes, yes, the resemblance to Miss Trent is remarkable. Oh, nothing. Yes, it's remarkable indeed, Miss Revere. Why, you could be taken for sister. No, thanks, Mr. Drinkwater. I was already taken by her once in Toledo. Uh, Maybe. Uh, Miss Trent is waiting. You'd better get... You know Miss Trent, Miss Revere? Like a book, Mr. Drinkwater, like a book. And I'm just dying to meet the little louse. Maybe. Ah, louse, Angela, save your time again. (laughs) What is a relief, Miss Fogel? That Maisie and Miss Trent know each other. She might not be so so difficult with a friend. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, now, Miss Revere, perhaps you'd better model a gown for Miss Trent alone in the customer's booth. Oh, she has a fiery temper, you know. Simply detest the things. Simply detest them. Yeah. She always was the detestable type. Uh, Oh, yes, yes. Now, you go right ahead and get on the good side of her. Well, it won't be easy. What makes you say that? I don't think she has a good side. Yes? Whom is there? Whom? <laughs> Why, just me, Miss Trent. A poor little hard-working girl who's been given the honor of modeling your lovely wedding gown. Oh, come in. Why, it's beautiful. Oh. Hi. Oh. That's right. Oh, hi, oh, as in Toledo, remember? That's insolence. I have never visited Toledo, Maze. I mean, Miss. <laughs> Don't strain your accent, honey. I won't give you away. You couldn't possibly, my dear. You see, even if you know me, which you don't, I do you? thought I did, darling. But people do make mistakes. I made one in Toledo. I left my suitcase unlocked. Well, some people are careless and they lose things. But some other people aren't careless. About their things or husbands to be? Those. Yes? Yes, little Miss Trent. Maybe come in. Yes, we're just trying to see how you like my, I mean, our, I mean, your wedding gown. Oh, just a minute. Stop modeling, Maisie. That's what you're being paid for. Oh, yes, your highness. And may I wish you and your sucker to be a long life. Well, thank you. <laughs> I know being married to you, it may not be a long life for the husband, but it will certainly seem like it to him. Now, just a minute, oh, you silly. Oh, Mr. Drinkwater, I demand, I demand that you discard this, this peasant immediately. Yes, yes but Miss Trent, oh, you I can't do that to her, Miss Fuller. Just for opening your big trap, you little dried-up old mouse, you're through, too. Mr. Drinkwater. Oh, yes, yes, Miss Fuller, anything you say. Now, wait a minute, Tilly, you can't do that to Miss Fogel. She Another say... word, and I shall cancel my entire trousseau. As a matter of fact, I'm going elsewhere to have it made. Yes, Miss Miss Trent, now, wait, but don't die, me. That... <laughs> oh. Tell me that be days like that. Oh, Miss Trent, wait. We have other seamstresses. Well, maybe. Yeah, I know. Looks like we're both out of a job. Oh, I'm used to it, honey. With you, you've got a mother to support. Now, look, I made you lose this job, and I'm going to get it back for you. You are? How? 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 Well, there's only one way to do it. 
One way? What's that? I don't know. I haven't thought of it yet. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. Tommy driving me home in your truck. I don't know how to thank you. Oh, there are ways. Oh. How far do you go, maybe? Just as far as thank you. And you might as well use both hands on the wheel. Okay, gorgeous. No harm trying, I always say. What do you always say? <laughs> I always say keep your eyes on the road. The Bonton department store wouldn't like you to smash one of its snazziest delivery trucks just to save car fare for an ex-employee. Well, let them not like it. They only own truck driver Tommy Wilson from 9 to 12 and from 1 to 5.30. Before, between, and after, Thomas J. Wilson belongs to the theater. Only the American theater hasn't found it out yet. Oh, don't you worry, Tommy. You just keep on with that little amateur group of yours. Take yourself lots of experience. Well, nobody can say I'm not getting experience with my little theater group. I've played everything from a banker to a Texas oil millionaire. Mm, so is Davis. Oh, forget about what that drift did to you, Maisie. You'll get another job. Yeah, but what about poor Miss Vogel with an old mother to support? Oh, that Daisy. I'm so mad I'd like to pull that blonde hair out of her head by its black roots. Oh, but huh? now Tommy, that little dog and that man, too. Oh, that crazy jerk. Huh? Is he... Are they... Did you... No, Maisie, you can open your eyes now. He, he saved the dog? Yeah, what a flying tackle right <sighs> from the curb. What's the matter, hero? Don't you like living? Not particularly, darling. Darling. Now, don't get wolfy, bub. Just because you saved little Fido from becoming part of my radiator. Yeah, you're sure fresh for a man that almost got killed. Almost doesn't quite do it, darling. Would you like your friend to back up and try again, Amanda? Amanda? Look, bub, I'm not... Yes, my dear, but you soon will. Now, wait a minute, whoever you are. This girl is a friend of mine. Oh, I have no objection to that. Well, that's darn... You may have all the uh, uh, friends you want, darling, but I insist that you postpone your amorous meanderings until you're Mrs. Peter Drake Hunnicutt. The third? No, the ex. Ah. Uh... You're the fellow she's going to marry? Yes. Uh... But have no fears, my friend. All I ask is that you exercise a little uh, restraint. Only until after the divorce, of course. I will not have my family subjected to any more humiliation than is absolutely necessary. Look, Peter, you and me ain't getting married. You mean, you're not going to hold me? I don't know about Amanda, but I'm not Pete. My name happens to be Maisie. Ain't it, Tommy? That's right, Mr. Honeycutt. Maisie Revere. But but the resemblance. You've got her hair, her eyes, her face. Oh, that's all right, mister. She's got a couple of things in mind, too. Oh, then you know Amanda. Yeah, I know her. Why don't you want to marry her? I thought you said you know Amanda. That answers the question. Gosh, Mr. Honeycutt, I wish I could help you. Hey, Maisie, I thought you don't like millionaires. Yeah, but he's different. Ordinary millionaires wouldn't risk their lives to save a little homeless mongrel. You really deserve a break, Pete. Thanks, Maisie. And Amanda is just the one who's going to break me. I wish there was something I could do, Pete. 
Well, Tommy, you could drive me downtown if it isn't out of your way. Sure, hop in. Thanks. <laughs> I've got to meet my bride-to-be and take her to lunch. Gee, I know a swell place. It's Swanky. Mr. Boy. Yeah, the cocktails are good there, too. Yeah. Oh, Commander goes for that. They wouldn't put arsenic in by any chance, would they? Sure, but they charge extra. <laughs> Mr. Boy isn't out of our way, Tommy. No. i got to drop by the playhouse to try on my wardrobe. In tonight's drama, Tommy Wilson becomes the Maharaja of Japursa. Tommy's an actor, you know. An actor? Mm-hmm. But this top... Oh, I just drive this for fun. For fun? Yeah, I get a big kick out of eating. <laughs> oh, I see. And you, Maisie, what do you do? Oh, me? I'm retired. I have a private income. Private income? Yep. Every week, my solicitors hand me an unemployment check. Oh, oh, oh no job. <laughs> no, your fiancé just unjobbed me. Well, perhaps I could help. Of course, I, I don't know how you feel about accepting help from a stranger. We wouldn't think of it, friend. Uh, well, I do have some rather close acquaintances in the business world. Uh, Maisie, uh, how much would you work for? Yes. <laughs> and Tommy, one of my best friends is a theatrical producer. And I'm almost certain... Would you care to put that in writing? Uh, frankly, no. That's what got me into the particular little marital mess I'm in. Oh, that's it. You wrote letters to date. I mean, Amanda. That I did. Were they the kind that... Uh... That they were. Mm. So that's what Sister Daisy meant when she said nothing could stop her. She's got you over a barrel. Maybe I should feel flattered that dear little Amanda chose me for her groom. She has equally, uh, uh... Letters from dukes, earls, and I dare say several assorted ex-kings. Yeah. I remember little Goldilocks always had a yen for royalty. Say, I'll bet she'd throw you over like that, Pete, if she had a chance to be a lady something or other. A something or other she is now. A lady she'll never be. Tommy, that's it, Maisie. I said something? Did he, Maisie? Well, it's a long shot, but I think I know that Amanda. She wants to have her cake unless yours is better. Pete, we're going to be at Mr. Boy for lunch, too. Who's we? You and me. Can you borrow it? Borrow what? Oh, don't fight me. That costume of the Maharaja, you know, that, that place that sounds like something spelled sideways. You mean Japertha? Yeah, that's it. Tommy, get into that Hindu costume with all the Timmins and meet me at the Savoy. But what? Who? How? When? Oh, so many questions. I'll explain the whole thing as I think of it. Step on it, Tommy. I don't know what's up your sleeve, but I want to thank you, Miss... Uh, uh... Just call me Rita Hayworth. Madame, ready to order her lunch now? Oh, quite, quite. I'll have some of this silly jubilee, crepe suzette, beef tortone, and a little Neapolitan. Madame wants four dessert. Well, why not? The Maharaja can afford it. Thank you, Maha. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh, very well. And what will uh, His Highness have? Uh, uh. Junto luku jaba disu elewandu ijara antos. Yes, Your Highness, sir. Well, he's gone, Maisie. Have they noticed us yet? No. Amanda and Pete are too busy sneering at each other <laughs> to look around. Hey, this is serious business, Maisie. What are you giggling at? Back a little, Tommy. That feather in your turban is tickling my nose. <laughs> Tommy, quick. Quick what? Amanda's looking over here. She's just here. Make with some dialogue. He's supposed to think we're all wrapped up in each other. Yeah, but what do I say? Oh, it makes no difference. As long as it looks like you're being very attentive. Come on, say something, anything. Uh, okay. Uh... <laughs> Maisie. Yes, Ma. Uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Oh, Your Highness, you're so romantic. 
H I J K L M N O. Keep going, Tommy. She's looking at it. Good. Ah, my darling. R S T U V. Ah, my Raja U V W S. Possible, Peter. What doesn't seem possible, my little vulture? That Indian prince or something. Seems so vitally wrapped up in the conversation of that girl over there. Perhaps it's love, my dear. Love? You've heard of the word, Amanda. Some people use that as an excuse to get married. Vulgar, isn't it? Be as vitriolic as you like, Mr. Moneybag. Remember, I still have the letters. Right here, next to my heart. What heart? Oh, I don't know. I imagine I could be quite warm and vibrant for the right man. Like, for instance, uh, the Maharaja of Gapurtha there? You mean they... I mean, that girl is latched onto a real Maharaja. One of the richest potentates in India. Reputed to be worth some three or four hundred million. Three or four hundred million? I'll be back, Peter. I hope not, darling. Not more than I, darling. Just going to part of my nose. A little shy. There she goes, Tommy. Heading for the powder room. I'm going to powder my nose, too. Yeah, but I don't see how you... Wish me luck, Tommy. You need luck to powder your nose? Oh, never mind. Don't go away now, Maha. But, Maisie, my delivery truck. I've got a job to well, do. Well, so have I. And this is one kind of work I really love. Well, if it isn't Maisie Revere... Imagine meeting you here. Oh, why, Tilly? I mean, Daisy. I mean, Amanda. Imagine finding all three of you here in the powder room. <laughs> oh, darling, I forgot my compact. Here, darling. Use mine. Well, thanks. I'm so sorry about making you lose your job, Maisie, darling. But you seem to be doing all right without it. Oh, you've seen Uggs. Uggs. Yeah, that's Indian for Maharaja. <laughs> Nice little compact, this, I know. Oh, my fiancé gave it to me. You may have it if you like. Oh, well, no, thanks. My fiancé, the Maharaja, doesn't like me to accept diamonds and stuff like that from anybody but him. He gives you these things often? Oh, he'd better or else. Or else? You mean you've got him trained? No, just worried. Smarter than I thought, Maisie, honey. Well, I had a good teacher, honey. It was from you I learned that the pen is mightier than the sword. Remember? Letters, names. Yes, days. Perfumed ones, too. Here, smell. Oh, sure smells expensive. I envy you, honey. What for? You've got expensive letters, too. Written in English. And that's Peter Honeycutt. Mm. Yum, yum. Oh, that Maharaja of yours ain't no... William Bendix. Yeah. But he insists we live in India, in one of his palaces. One of them. You will drive a Cadillac and call me an elephant. Oh, gosh, that sure is romantic. I love elephants. You get a better trade-in on a Cadillac. Well, you ain't got no kick coming, Maisie. I'd change places with you like that. We could. Oh, we couldn't do that. Could we? Well, no, we couldn't. I guess. No, we couldn't, I guess. Well, I'm just stuck with that 300 million in romantic, mysterious India. May. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot in common. Mm -hmm. We both look enough alike to be taken for twins. Yeah. 
And if I dressed like you and you dressed like me, nobody would know the difference. Especially our fiancé. And even if they smelled a rat. Like us. They'd have to go through with the marriage. Or be disgraced. Because your letters from the Maharaja. And yours from the Playboy. Wouldn't look nice in print. And you'd wind up with Elephant Boy. And you'd just Cadillac Moon. Yeah. <sighs> Nasty little connivers, ain't we? Yeah. <laughs> but I'll stay in love, boy. Here's your letters, Mrs. Peter Drake Honeycock, the suit. And here's yours, Mrs. Maha. I'll never, never forget you for this. I'll bet you won't, honey. I'll bet you won't. Maharaj, it's all over. Amanda can't get a hold of you now. That's right, Tommy. <laughs> Maisie, I'll never forget the look on Amanda's face when the waiter brought the check. No. Yeah, for $42. <laughs> she turned as white as the tablecloth when I handed the check to her and said, Pay this, honey. I'll wait for you outside in my delivery truck. <laughs> oh, yeah. And when she came to and found nothing but a pawn ticket and 12 cents in my purse, did she holler blue murder? <laughs> I wish I could be sorry for her, Maisie, but I can't. Well, Pete. You and she are washed up. Well, maybe Peter's washed up, but the princess won't be washed up for a long time. What do you mean? Well, forty-two dollars is an awful lot of dishes. <laughs> <laughs> moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Meanwhile, a word from your announcer. on that money Mad used to be singing partner of mine. Now that it's all over, I wonder if she learned her lesson. Probably not, though. It's a funny thing. Some people think that money can buy anything. The way I look at it. A boy and a girl don't need a lot of it. You can buy all the happiness you want for $2, the price of a wedding night. Well, now that the whole thing with Daisy and that swank restaurant is over, I've got to feel a little sick inside. One of those 40 bits must have been a little too rich. I think if I'll just walk home, the air might make me feel better. You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. Maisie is presented by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of East Side, West Side, starring Barbara Stanwyck, James Mason, Dan Heflin, and Ava Gardner. The Maisie program was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Sporting Miss Southern were Donald Woods, Lorene Tuttle, Howard McNear, Byron Kane, and Maya Gregory.
The Adventures of Maisie, also known just as Maisie, was a radio comedy series starring Anne Southern as underemployed entertainer Maisie Revere, a spin-off of Southern's successful 1939 through 1947 Maisie movie series. Sponsored by Eversharp, the first series ran on CBS from July 5, 1945 to March 28, 1947, airing first on Thursdays, then moving to Wednesdays, and then to Fridays. The supporting cast included High Averback, Arthur Q. Bryan, Hans Conried, and others. John Easton was the announcer, Harry Zimmerman and Albert Sachs supplied the music, and John L. Green was the producer. Tony Sanford directed scripts by Samuel Taylor and others. In 1952, the series was heard on Mutual, and it was syndicated from 1949 to 1952. The show popularized the 1940s catchphrase, Likewise, I'm sure. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.